realize that every episode that you start, not just with me, but with your brother and everybody, it's mid laugh. <laughs> That's like I just you know, already make another laugh, and then we start. Then you remember to press the button. <laughs> go in. Let me press the record. Uh, so how was Thanksgiving? It was good. It was it was lovely. I, I had a nice little break from Thanksgiving. I did not put out any content over the weekend, uh, uh-huh. which was really freeing. Um, not that this is a chore, but you know, it's nice to take a break. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it was great. I went to – I had a regular Thanksgiving at my mom's house, and I went to a friend's house for a Friendsgiving afterwards. I went mm. to a party on Saturday night. Oh, Wow. I wore an I wore a leather crop top to the party. What? <laughs> I stayed out until twelve. And not your ugly, ugly leather pants, or no? I did wear my ugly leather pants. Actually, I got new leather pants too. But it's yeah. like all it was an all leather outfit. Did you take a picture? I did. I went I still to. Don't want to see it. I'll post, you know what? I'll post this to the the Instagram when mm-hmm. I release this episode. Mm-hmm. I went to a party. Uh, my friend, my friend was invited to a birthday party. It was a goth disco party. And what? I know it was a goth disco birthday party. And so my friend was like, hey, I'm invited to it. We do want to come with me. I think you'd have really fun, have a lot of fun. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So I put on an outfit that I would never wear. Mm-hmm. And I went out and I felt a fucking alive, okay? Really? I felt like a young person. Mm-hmm. I felt very hot. And then mm-hmm. I came home well, at midnight. Weather and dancing would do that to you, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. You were hot. Yeah, that's true. No, it was because it was a crop top, so I wasn't even that hot. Um, I wore a leather and velvet, like – Ooh. I know it was it was a really cool outfit, but um oh. I had a wonderful, wonderful long weekend because oh. I also to oh. remind myself that I am after all a person with a mortgage and two children on Sunday I spent the day organizing my garage. Oh, such a productive Thanksgiving. Weekend. I know. It was great. How was yours? Oh. Uh, so you know, I cooked a ton of food. Uh-huh. Did I did I sh- share the picture with you? I don't think I did. No. But it was a lot. And I was very proud because this is the first time that I cooked everything, but I did it all in in the two double oven and mm-hmm. did not touch my stove because, you know, as a daisy, oh, you that. cook everything yes. on hot yes. flame. You don't use the st- uh, oven as much, but this was one where I used the oven. I coordinated the different dishes and the temperatures and all of that. I was very proud of it. And then everybody loved it. The food was great. No one annoyed me. I was able to get the adults and the kids out of my way by giving them a thousand-piece puzzle to do, which they obediently did. So I was like, this is heaven. This, This is what Thanksgiving should be four morsels in and I had a huge GI reaction <gasps> no. that, you know, it's not a food poisoning or anything, but it's, it's something that I go through and someday I will explain the whole thing. But <laughs> essentially I started bloating up and then I spent all evening and literally all night throwing up. Oh, no. Like, I hadn't even eaten the food. So I didn't even have anything to throw up. 
I just threw up. I it was miserable. And well, I'm I was still gonna recovering. say I was I'm gonna having say, like chamomile tea because I'm still recovering four days later. Well, I was gonna say when you started talking about it, I said it sounded like you went more Ina Garden and not Shannon Bedore. But by the end of it, that sounds like no, a Shannon Bedore no. kind of night. Oh no, she is my spirit animal. I am Shannon Bedore. <laughs> Shannon Bedore is me. <laughs> You have never related to the person harder than Shannon. Salmon, cream cheese, bad reaction, (laughs) and it was it was miserable. (laughs) The only person that hung out with me was my Archie equivalent, Bella. Oh my god! She's the only one. The next day, so the all night I was throwing up, and I kept my husband up too. So the next morning, they all decided to let me sleep in. Which literally meant no one came to check up on me. Like, I could have died the next okay. day. Okay, you know what? You can't have your cake and no eat it, too. One no, no. Listen. No. Listen. They didn't even come up. Like, they let me sleep in. But then it's like 4 o'clock. Somebody should come in and check on me. It's been all day. Not one person came in. Just the dogs came every once in a while to check on me and then left. Maybe yeah. they were like, you know what? If the if the dogs don't start barking and freaking out, it means she's fine. You think my dogs would bark and freak out? My dogs would. One of them would would just lie around and she'd like cozy up and try to warm me up. The other one would be eating me. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she's okay, useless. Never to mind. Me now, so, what? She's hey. I know they don't feed me enough, so this is great. This is great. Fresh <laughs> <laughs> um, fatty too. So he would have been. He would have been awesome. Bella would have been the sweet one that would have tried to warm me up. But, but having said that, in the past couple of days, I've gotten rid of some of my old furniture that I don't nice. need to habitat for humanity to come and pick it up. So they apparently refurbish and you reuse mm-hmm. if it's not too um, too um, terribly torn up and stuff. Yeah. So. Um, I got rid of a bunch of stuff that I had been hanging on to. Um, and um, I was able to set up my new furniture up, get my car serviced, go to the eye doctor. I got Look a lot you. of stuff done too. Yeah, you did it all. Yeah. Oh my I'm God. Still, I'm still suffering and I'm still having my tea and cannot eat anything. And I still have put on weight. I don't know how that's happened, but I was gonna say you look great. You look oh, great, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Well, this is going to be a crazy episode later. So the first <laughs> half of the episode is going to be pretty calm and chamomile. Yes. Tea. And yes. then it's going to become a giggle fest. <laughs> yes. So we have a lot to cover. We're going to talk about family karma, and we're going to talk about Orhasos of Potomac. Mm-hmm. And to, honestly, I'm not sure if I'm going to do two parts or if I'm going to do a family karma episode separately, and then we're going to take a break and go we'll to see Potomac. How it goes. We'll see how it goes. We got a lot mm-hmm. to cover, but we're really excited because for Potomac, we're going to have our very good friend Emmy nominated Ray Sani on to talk about Potomac. New York, and New, New Yorker, New Yorker crossword clue. Crossword Ray Sani. Ray Sani. On to talk about Potomac, um, and that if you are on Twitter on Housewives Twitter, you wait Sunday night to see what mm-hmm. Ray Sani has to say about Potomac because she's the only opinion that matters. To be honest with you, so um, we're really excited. She's going to be on that on to talk about that, and she was just at the reasonably shady yes. live show. Yes, so she's going to give us the rundown on all mm-hmm. the things that happened there. I know. 
which is very exciting. Our, our other good friend, uh, Caduce Richie D, wimped out and didn't, show, didn't go to the show. Well, our other friend from the podcast, Eugene. Oh, he uh, did? He did go to the oh. city winery and he did attend the Reasonably Shady show. So oh, hello, Eugene. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk we, about family. Basically, we are the only ones that are lame enough not to go to this show. Only, listen, I thought about – I saw the date that the event was mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to go to this goth disco party. So <laughs> I could have gone to Reasonably Shady right. with my crop top and leather, ugly leather pants, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about family karma. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode opened up with on- aunties and aunt- aunties and uncles going to brunch at the Benny house. They went to Guyanese brunch. And can I just tell you again, when the aunties and uncles are together, it warms my cold fucking heart. I feel like they are, um, not only are they the most authentic, but they don't seem to notice the camera person and the producer there's like it's very it's a very typical aunties and uncles get together where everybody is speaking at once yeah so you don't even know what's going on who's talking what's going on i am so impressed that the producers were able to put together a bunch of little conversations because they were all talking at once all at once all at once and (laughs) I was excited to see, wasn't this the one where um, Sean and Dylan's dad showed up? Yes, we met him. him. No, we met him last season. We did, yeah. Oh, very I hadn't paid attention to him before, but he looked way younger than I I think that he colored his hair. Ooh. I think he was a silver fox last season. Ooh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because he looked very different. And I was like, wait a minute, have I seen you before? You yeah. look younger. Like how how do you look like Sean's older brother? But Sean has sweet sweet Sean. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. He probably looked like an uncle when he was 12. Poor thing. He has the yeah, young He's got that face. face. Yeah, he's got the young uncle face. Yes. Another <laughs> thing I love about the aunties and uncles is that if they're cooking, they're feeding the the production crew. Right. I right. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, I feel like the Bennies are not trying to front and act like they're somebody that they're not because they don't put out their best dishes to serve the food. <laughs> like some of those I are almost, sp- I was almost expecting a yogurt dabba to come out. <laughs> yes. We're seconds away from taking out a yogurt container with and then yogurt else container inside with of it. stuff inside it. <laughs> because some of those were the Pyrex bowls. I was like, you didn't take it out of the Pyrex bowls? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I know. I think people don't know. People don't. So people like us that have watched a lot of reality TV, we notice all these little things, right? Yeah. But when you are not very familiar with the genre, mm-hmm. you probably don't think that people would notice those things. Like you probably don't notice it yourself. Like I mean, your own it's not dishes. so much. It's not about the genre. It's about mm-hmm. like okay. Full disclosure: Pakistanis are fucking snobs. Okay, Pakistanis. That's true. When I go into a Pakistani household, I see the. It's not the regular tea kettle when the guests arrive. It's a different. It's a, the fancier tea kettle is put out, and then yes. the fancier dishes are put out. That's true. Indian desis, though, and especially good juice and uh, South Indians, we don't care. We'll have the yogurt dabas there. We are very proud of it. 
I mean, we went to Kalpana's house last yeah, year and it yeah. looked like it was pieced together over the Correct. years by multiple, it looked like a house where multiple families with different lived. styles lived. Right. It's like yeah. everybody brought their own um, crockery together and they melded it and said, <laughs> okay, this is the community crockery, right? Community dishes, community plates, community yes. cups and saucers. Yes. Yeah, but Pakistanis are really fucking snobby. And so if I had a family, if I had a camera crew coming into my house and I took out food and Pyrex bowls, my mom would murder me on camera. Punjabis are like that too. Punjabis. It might be like a North Indian thing. Like a Northwest kind of. I mean, Gujaratis are North Indian, but yeah. Yeah, but also I think they are like, um, I think it may be the more uh, extrovert community. Yeah, I don't know. Do that. Where the introverted communities, like South Indian communities, many of which are very introverted, they don't do that. They, I think, yeah. I wonder if it's also like a colonizer thing. Hmm. Because like, you know, South India was colonized, but not, I mean, it was obviously, there was a lot of like terrible shit that the British did. But I feel yeah. like in North South India. Ad- adapted were, uh, I think they were colonized but they were they did business with south india first before they colonized north india you know what yeah. i mean because the sea routes were coming through the south so when yes. they first met south indians it was more as business partners not slaves it's not slaves and then they sort of colonized the north and they yes. treated north indians slightly differently than the south indians <laughs> They went to North India and were like, we got we through like, those guys. Right. You we, guys are we just going to be like our Uncle Ben's by the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were, we, I feel like, that's why I feel like North Indians and Pakistanis especially are all about like optics and proper manners and etiquette and table settings and all that shit. And like it's all, very westernized. Very westernized. Yeah. Yes. In very the South, we don't care. We we still cling on to our, our old ways of doing things. Yeah. And I think because there was so much like, you know, genocide and mass murder mm-hmm. and all that stuff in the North, like in between the countries and everything, that people sort of like – their their cultures jumbled up a lot of yeah. people like a lot right, of those things right. jumbled up and then a lot of it was overshadowed by sort of like right. the british raj and right so- and south india has, has always been even even before the british showed up they've always been pretty insular so, yeah and they have been very introverted so they have not they're not the big party people our weddings don't have dancing and yeah we, uh, we have very traditional music we do not have the bollywood dances we don't have weddings that are loud. We do not have what you see in the movies. Our yeah. weddings and our how our households are run are very different. So um, that may be it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the brunch looks really fun. Everybody oh, looks like they're good. having the a food. Great time. Oh my god, I was the hungry. F- the food looked so good because, mm. and then you have these two brunches. You have the uncles and aunties at a Guyanese brunch. At the Benny house, and then the kids they go to drag brunch, they go to yeah. bottomless brunch. All the yeah. kids, I thought um, that was fun too. That was that so much fun in- too. Yeah, I don't know though, but here's the thing I would rather be at the Guyanese brunch with the uncles and aunties <laughs> doing the Guyanese. So it was a Guyanese dance. Yes, <laughs> she was showing how the Guyanese dance versus how the good juice dance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What is what is um uh dharma? Is she good Jew? 
She's Guju. Okay. She's like Guju, Indian Guju through Africa, I think. But Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but he is, what's Guyanese. his name again? Dharma's husband? Mike. Mike. Uh, he is Guyanese Indian. Yeah. So he's like Indian, Indians who are brought here as bonded laborers. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. And the British. Well, the Europeans, they're at it again. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which is why, actually, you know, a lot of Jamaican Trini food and uh, Guyanese food all have curry. Music, food, everything. Even language has a lot of Indian in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Very sad to hear this news about Bali being forced to sell her house. That was a weird and interesting That was a weird thing. I got into it a little bit on Facebook with somebody who was like, well, she's been divorced for this long. She should have get, it's time if he wants to sell the house, he can keep. But I feel like there's more to it. Knowing our men, the way we know, the patriarchy that's in India, Mm -hmm. it's very different, especially if you are well-to-do. How dare she divorce him? That's how it goes, right? How dare she ask for a better life? How dare she leave him? It's always an insult to the man. And he is supposedly very, very well off. So he shouldn't be... He he can sell the house and ask her to move out. But the way he did it as a condition that to pay his daughter's college fees... Yeah. That's what's shitty. That yeah. you are involving the daughter and you're holding her tuition hostage mm-hmm. to, to get Bali out of this house or get back your house or whatever it is, right? You have more than enough to pay for her um, college fees up mm-hmm. front. Mm-hmm. But you want to use this as a situation to hurt Bali. That's what's spiteful. Yeah. And we know that Bali doesn't have a lot of money because we met her the first season. Yeah. She was working yeah. in that like florist company. Was, yeah, but it was her father's flower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Florist company. But, but she was in sales. Like yeah. it wasn't a very she wasn't super well off. She's never and been. like, oh, she's moved on. She's got a boyfriend. Well, th- he hasn't put a ring on it either. So why well, I think would she's she engaged think- to him. I think she's engaged she? to O'Malley. Mm. Yeah. But either way, like, she doesn't want to leave Miami because now they're filming a television show there. Right. This is her income. <laughs> this is her income. Her parents live there. Yeah. But she's forced to sell her house. It made me very sad. But I-, I wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that she's, like, moving in with her parents because she says that she's like, I'm actually really looking forward to going home and just being taken care of. Yeah. And I do think that there is, you know <clears> – <throat> The concept of people moving out of their parents' house is very much a Western concept. Like, correct. We don't really for for us. Even if we move out, our parents' home is always home, no yes. matter what. Like, it's right. always always home. Um, I got married. I moved from my parents' house to my husband's parents' house, and then the house that I grew up in, my parents sold like six months after I got married. And honestly, I'm still not over it <laughs> because. <laughs> Because it sucked. I was like, yeah. what? Because to me, like, that was that was a thing. But even after that, like, my parents moved into a condo when I had Aiden and he was a baby and I, like, needed my mom's help. I went to my mom's house and I got, like, just doted on and pampered and taken yeah. care of by my mom because that's just culturally, like – for us to move back home is not this deep, dark, like failure feeling that I think a lot of 
Western society puts on right. this idea of moving back home. Right. For us, moving back home is thank God, warm. like my parents yeah. are there, warmth, warm safety, and love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a safety net. You do have a right. safety net of going back home to your parents. That's house. just a, something that uh, growing up I felt, and that I know my daughter will feel is like there will she will never feel that she doesn't have a home to go to. She'll never feel alone. She'll never feel abandoned. That's never going to happen because there's always that safety net. There's always the home that you belong to. You will never be out of it. And it comes with all of the other issues where, you know, people are too nosy and people are too much into your business and you have other people to answer to. But but it also has the positive of always having um, having that safety net, right? And for me, in most of our, our culture, it's we all, if we had stayed home, if we had lived in India, for example, I would have been in my parents' home unless I got married and then I would have been in my in-laws' home. Yeah. <clears throat> but And then once we are in the home, we are in the elders' home until they retire and we we become the breadwinners and then they are in our home. It's basically the same house except <laughs> that now the power power dynamics of the where who's bringing in the money has changed. Mm-hmm. But everything else is the same. And of course, like you said, yeah, it comes with its own challenges, right? Where you feel yeah. like, oh, I don't have my own independence and there's too many people who are involved and everybody's involved in decision making. I don't have my space and I don't have my space. And certainly those things are for sure there. But like, I'm going to get super emotional right now. My in-laws were gone to Pakistan for five weeks. They just came back last night. And this morning I had happy tears because I was like so happy they were home. Around like 10 a.m. my kids were off to school and I heard like, you know, because my house, we have a downstairs like a main floor in-law yeah. suite. We heard the faint – I heard the faint sound of Pakistani news playing. I heard the sound of like my mother-in-law cooking in the kitchen and talking to some auntie on the phone. And I just like – got tears in my eyes working upstairs in my office because I was like, my house is alive again. Right. Of course, you have your benefits, right? Of like, Mm. you have your space and all this stuff. But like, there is this really sweet, comforting thing of South Asian parents. That's probably why I want to spend a brunch with the aunties and uncles on this show instead of young people. Because Mm. as much as aunties growing up were like nosy and annoying – a cool bunch of uncles and aunties to hang out with is really right. nice. Like you like spending time with my mom and my mother. Yeah, when you come I over. enjoyed it when I came. <laughs> I mean, your mother-in-law was making the best tea every time I walked down. She would have like, "Do you want tea? Do you want something to eat?" Your mom came and she hung out. She was like, it "Was like we were talking till twelve in the night. We were yeah. just like chatting it up." And it was I was meeting them for the first time, but we still were chatting up till twelve in the night. So yeah. this was it, it's 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 the other thing is when you do have elders in your home like that, when you have that family, there's always somebody at home. The house is never yes. empty. When your kids come home from school and you're at work, there's someone at home. There's yeah. always some elder at home that makes it feel like home. Yeah. And that's like why, oh. like, no, mm. you're making me all emotional. No, we're mom. so emotional. I know oh you missed God. your mom. Like, that's why, like, <laughs> even last season when Amrit told his nani about Nicholas, it hit 
<clears throat> of course, it's important just like for any any parent, any grandparent to accept their child exactly who they are, no matter who mm-hmm. they love and all that stuff. But in our culture, like that's especially even important because Amrit says, my nani raised me. I grew up with her. Like yeah. that is really important for her to know, you know, who I am fully right. and accept me who I am. Like right. I think about that with my kids all the time. They've been ra- – like they're going to be – they are raised by their grandparents. Yeah. Like they're when raised my mother along is, with them. Yeah. When my mother is here, I don't have to listen to my husband's corny jokes. She listens to them. <laughs> she, she loves it. She loves it. She laughs. He loves he loves that she laughs at his jokes. They sit and talk soccer. They'll discuss stuff. They ha- you know, it's the perfect buffer too. <laughs> yeah, it. it's the best. Oh <laughs> God. Oh. Oh, I miss Oh. All right. Well let's go let's go over to what's being discussed at Drag Brunch. They finally start talking about this Monica Rishi stuff. Mm-hmm. This chick Nirja who I found on Instagram and she's just mm-hmm. She looks like an Instagram girl. She looks yeah, like somebody looks who like is how I expect. I think she she would look like. <laughs> she looks like somebody, even as what I would expect of a na- girl named Nirja. By the way, Nirjas <laughs> are a specific type. <laughs> They're like Kelly. I think Nirjas are Kellys. Don't you think? Yeah, Nirjas like Nirjas not going to be like a nerd. No. Oh, Jessica. 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 I was going to say Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. She's a Jessica. Yeah, Nerja is a Jessica. It is, for sure. She looks like... She Sorry, looks all like... the Jessicas we met. We know. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. We... <laughs> she looks like a girl who was born, you know, when Wi-Fi existed. Like, she... Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, here's the thing about Monica and Rishi. Like, I... They talk about this rumor and then they basically all are like, we're not going to talk about it again because mm-hmm. Amrit, me, Amrit fucked up because he's actually deep down inside a real messy person. Mm-hmm. Went and texted it to his messy friend. His messy friend brought it up on camera. Now he's fucked. Everybody's yeah. talking about it. And we see the scene with Monica and Rishi. Yeah. Doesn't it feel super staged to you? Yes. Like, I feel like they already broke up by the time the show is filming. No, I don't think they broke up. But I think they, I think Monica is the type that lays out, what are we going to discuss when I come over to your house and they're going to film? Let's do the script. And you can say these things, but you cannot say these other things. Yeah. It just felt so cold and staged. I was like... I don't. I don't see any chemistry between them. I, Not even a little bit. Like, yeah, even when he when he was kissing her, I was like, no. Yeah, even when yeah. he was like, "Look at me, I love you," and I was like, "No, you don't. Shut up. Get out of here. Go make your protein shake. Leave her alone." <laughs> yeah. Um. Anisha and Bali are sort of talking about it. And Anisha brings up this point of like, she's not going to be the one to talk to Monica about this. And I thought it was interesting because they brought up that clip about last year's reunion. Mm -hmm. And I don't really care about how it affects Monica and Anisha, but I realized that that reunion being the last thing that they filmed on Bravo. Right. I understand why Anisha was likely hesitant to come back to the show unless she was getting a whole bunch of money and also protecting her uh, now husband's identity, yeah. which I posted on the internet. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, no, what are you doing? 
Listen, I got a I got a Finsta, probably from what's her face's husband from Salt Lake City. He <laughs> sent me a message. <laughs> the fat fuck elf on the show. Angie, Her- Angie Harrington is like digging a hurdle. <laughs> Somebody made a Finsta and posted a sent me a DM and said, This is Anisha's fiance. I don't or her husband. I don't understand what the big deal is. If she's not gonna show her life on the show, like what? Yeah. Okay, first I don't care. Her husband seems like a perfectly lovely Indian guy. Yeah. Um cardiovascular surgeon. Good for you, Anisha. <laughs> you made it, girl. Uh-huh. You you got you got the Daisy Girl dream. I'm happy but for you. Daisy Girl dream is not to just marry any doctor. To marry a cardiovascular <laughs> surgeon is the ultimate Daisy dream. It's the ultimate. Okay, <laughs> a heart surgeon. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> So and I understand also why Chitra was like, "You better not fucking talk about this on the show." Nazar lagjaygi, which basically <laughs> means someone's gonna give you the evil eye. You're gonna jinx it. Yes, all yes. this is gonna go to shit. You better right. not, bitch. But also, she's right. Look, yeah, the, the gossip spread overnight from from Nirja to uh, through um through uh, what's his name to everybody. Amrit, Amrit to everybody. Yeah, yeah. but it's also like. <laughs> Amrit is ma- Amrit and um, what's his Nicholas? Nicholas. <laughs> I was going to say Adam because that's what it feels like. Is like <laughs> it's Reza and Adam <laughs> again now because Amrit is like starts the rumor by sending a drunk text to uh, his MJ, who's Vishal, right? <laughs> yes. Aren't they like so yes, MJ yes. and MJ yes. and um and um uh, Reza? And yeah. then Amrit says, Oh, I'm not gonna say anything. I don't wanna talk about it. And Adam here, <laughs> Nicholas, <laughs> immediately pipes in and tells spills the beans. <laughs> I loved it. I know. And you're right, that is exactly the situation. <laughs> Okay, Brian and Avni go on a date. Um, Brian is a small baby child. Oh my god! It was it's the battle of the popping eyes because both of them had <laughs> yeah, eyes. They both had like these big eyes, and they had like always in a surprised look on their faces, yeah. like everything they said. Yeah, and uh, Avni has no game. She's None. older. She has no game, and neither does Brian. <laughs> yeah, Avni's like awkward. I'm smart and I'm beautiful, and yeah. I should be. Able- but you know what? I feel like Avni's probably like I'm smart and I'm beautiful, and I'm a catch, and I get to. Have I think this she. Cute little yeah, boy. I think she is. I think she might be a cool chick, and that she is smart and she's fun. She could be fun to be around, but she has no game when it comes to dating. None. Neither does Brian. None. Both of them. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah, it was a lukewarm date that they tried to heat up artificially with like little candle lights or something. <laughs> Which Brian tried to heat up by licking his hand. And she was like, ooh, ooh kiss me when the cameras aren't nearby. <laughs> they literally, they're so Bollywood that they wanted two flowers to come. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Hide- 
fact that they were kissing. We literally saw them kiss from the back of their heads. Right. Like in a Bollywood Bollywood. movie. Like in an old Bollywood movie. You might even hide behind a tree. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't break out into a dance. (laughs) I do like Avni because she and Risha have that conversation later where Risha's like, hey, I'm actually concerned about Vishal's drinking because he has Crohn's. And she's like, yeah, Vishal is out of control. Right. And it's not even about, uh, I think what, uh, what Risha says makes sense in that moment where she says that he wants to f- he wants to forget the fact that he has Crohn's, so he yeah. goes about pretending he doesn't have anything wrong with them, and he overdoes it. Yeah, and I'm the one that stuck with him afterwards when he is really suffering from it, and I have to be telling him that he shouldn't be doing it anymore. So yeah. it's not even about him having a drinking problem where he could be alcoholic, which I think he is bordering on right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's also on top of it, he has Crohn's. Yeah. That cannot be a good thing. That cannot Mm -hmm. be a, that must be a painful existence if he is overdoing it like that. Yeah. Speaking from experience right now, because I am in pain right now. (laughs) It's not Crohn's, but I am in pain. And if I overeat, yeah. I'm going to have a trouble. Yeah, I'm going to say it's not gross. <laughs> okay. Brian and Amrit and Vishal go out at the end of this episode. And Amrit is like, you can't. You cannot say anything. I'm going to be the one that talked to Monica and Rishi. Okay, I'm going to be the one to talk to them. Brian, you promise. do Brian, Brian, not Brian. say anything. Brian. Brian. Do, do not. Do not. Put the phone down. Do not say anything. <laughs> Brian is like, yeah, no problem. Not going to say anything. Brian immediately says something. (laughs) And he doesn't say to, by the way, he doesn't say to Monica, who he should be closer to, right? Yeah. Isn't she his best friend? No. Yeah. Rishi. Yeah. And then he says, did you warn Rishi? The producer asked, did you warn Rishi so he would be prepared for it? And And he's like, I don't know what's on his phone. So it was something on his phone. Yes. The producer doesn't even prompt that. Brian no. lets it out. <laughs> Brian, that. listen, it's so suddenly- it was something on Rishi's phone, and Rishi now deleted the evidence. Basically, something about how the way mm. Brian navigates this makes sense. Why Brian was hanging out with the Gorgas at BravoCon? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's falling into piece. It's all in place. <laughs> it is falling into pieces. into place place. (laughs) all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna be back to talk to ray sani about rehearsals of potomac all right guys we are back with emmy nominated writer comedian and new yorker crosswood clue ray sani friend of the podcast (laughs) i'm so excited to talk to you about potomac Yes, I'm excited to talk to y'all too. It's been a while, so I'm happy to be here. Thanks for thinking of me. Well, we had to think of you because I feel like I it's not just me who thinks this. I know multiple people think this, which is that on Sunday nights they watch Potomac and then they go on Twitter to see what you have to say about the show. Really? Girl, I created a Twitter account just to list, just to follow you. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, because I feel like uh, there's very few sane people out there on social media talking about Potomac, and Mm. I feel like you're one of them. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Sane is not how anyone has ever referred to me, so that is very generous. (laughs) 
Um, when you're in the same tax bracket, you start speaking <laughs> same. You know, I'm a rich bitch now. No, of course I'm not a rich bitch. I'm pretending to be. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know what's been blowing my mind? Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually didn't watch on Sunday because I had texted Noor this the other day. I was like, sometimes I don't watch Potomac because I get such anxiety before mm-hmm. it because I'm like, my faves are going to do horrendous things. And then the whole internet is going to destroy them. And then I'm going to have to like, not look like a light skin colorist bitch in <laughs> defending them. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was watching it right before we recorded and I, it's just so bizarre. And it's so weird because this is not the case for Beverly Hills. This is not the case for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. There is such a disconnect from like what Twitter tells me I'm going to see on the uh-huh. show. And then when I actually watched the show, I was like, this was way more fun than anyone said. Twitter yes. takes the show way too seriously. If you thought that they took Real Houses of Beverly Hills seriously, they don't. They should take that one seriously, and they don't. But they take Potomac real serious. I mean, I think people take Beverly Hills too seriously, too, if we're being mm-hmm. honest. Now, I think, you know, Rena is exhausting. Yeah. I saw someone tweet and call her a migraine the other day, and I was like, that is the perfect example of this yeah, bitch. So like, she, yeah. like, that is exactly what she is. She's a migraine. But I... I I I think that they still take it too seriously too outside of some of the stuff that happens to Garcelle and I don't even think everything that Garcelle experiences is like too bad to be on mm. the show like I look I want to be clear that I understand the desire to rush to the defense of the women who feel the most marginalized and helpless on these shows mm-hmm. but also like marginalized people are dickheads like I, I can assure you as a black woman I'm a dickhead, like we're dickheads, you know? <laughs> and like, and like for Garcelle, I do think that race is part of the dynamics on that show because race is the part of the dynamics of everything in this country. This is the United States of America, foundationally a slave country. Like, yes. Yeah. It's like a yeah. black woman is going to be seen and regarded very differently and she's going to be hyper conscious of that. And the other women on the cast are not going to be conscious of that. That is the function of their privilege. And I think similarly, the cast of Potomac has colorism in its midst because that we're the United States. It's a racist mm-hmm. country. Lighter skinned black people get treated better. That's just a fact. Giselle and Robin have probably experienced crazy amounts of privilege their entire lives. They both look like white women, Robin mm-hmm. more so than Giselle. But you know, if you thought Giselle was a white woman, you wouldn't be like, she looks like she's like she looks like she's a Jersey Italian with blonde hair, to be honest with you. <laughs> she and Dolores could be sisters. Yeah, Dolores yeah. could be sisters. Right. Right? right. But in but in both cases, both with Garcelle on Beverly Hills and particularly with co- with the colorism accusations on Potomac, I think that there is whatever ism in the midst of their group because mm-hmm. that's just how yeah. our country works. But I don't think that they're victims of colorist actions in the sense that I don't think there is an intention that is colorist and I don't think there's an intention that is racist. I think there may or may not be an effect that 
is yeah. there. But yeah. I don't think that it's an add-on, if at all. But yes, the core I don't of think... it is just ask be, people. Yes, being, being a dickhead. Right. Like yeah. I don't yeah. think that I don't think that Erica Jane and Rena treat Garcelle poorly because she's black. I think it helps that she's mm-hmm. black. That it yes that, that mm-hmm. their aggression might be you know, mm-hmm. more present or they dismiss her more readily is what I'll right. say. Right. Because yeah. they don't value black people in the same way. And I would say that that's probably the case on Potomac. But do I think that Mia through the glass cause she through through the water cause she hates the dark skinned girl on the cast? No. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. woman accused you of, I don't know, three something with random men whenever mm-hmm. you get into town. I don't know what was me I'm so mad about that for though. <laughs> I don't know. But that girl bullied that girl bullied Mia all of last season for no fucking reason. And then Mia, the daft idiot that she is, like got really upset about the suggestion. Like truly, I was like, oh, this is the trigger, because they replayed the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, and at the beginning, they replayed a little bit of the fight. Wendy says, I don't have to check in with some man who's not my yeah. husband. Yeah. Um, this maybe you and your husband do that. And then Mia threw it through the glass, like as if it's true that she and her husband do that. But you're not supposed to mention that on TV. <laughs> but also, Mia has been insinuating that she and her husband do stuff like that. Like, you know, you bring this girl Jacqueline around like she's your sister wife. You so all showering you're- together. Isn't that what Giselle said? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys are showering like together. Like Giselle was looking up to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think – here's the thing. I don't think – we. I think we can – all three of us and most people with sense can agree that nobody deserves any type of violence towards them, right? And nobody deserves to have a glass thrown at them. Nobody deserves to have their – Because we water from a glass. Let's be clear. She didn't throw the glass. Oh, that's yeah. Important. That's true. It was water from because, glass. because Rena threw the glass, didn't that's she? True. That's true. Rena broke the glass. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Through water. So she's better than Rena at the very least. <laughs> Better than a migraine. She's better than a migraine. But so so nobody the migraine. What is what is Mia? Attention (laughs) headache. She's attention headache. Yeah, yeah. Just just a real tight knot in the back of the head right here. Yeah, exactly. So none nobody deserves any of that stuff at all. Nobody deserves it. Nobody deserves it. But we're watching Real Housewives. Every person on the show has a trigger. The trigger is extremely sensitive. And it's random. That's the other thing you have to remember. These are people without sense and people without <laughs> therapy and people who just are like, I'm just going to pop off on a thing because- me. Candace did go to therapy. Candace, okay, okay, do you remember Candace. the post notes? Post yes. notes are going. And by the way, that therapy is working. It's showing. Yes. It's Candace showing. is- <laughs> She went really from a, we'll a that, tri- triangle. She went yeah. from a triangle to a full towel. To a big, okay. a big a dinner napkin, was it? Yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah. towel. That's therapy. That's therapy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, um, you know, she she she's doing things like saying this is triggering. She's very able to articulate yes. Yes. what is what she's feeling precisely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Her confessionals have been on point this season, I will say. I'm not enjoying anybody on this cast like in a real way. I mean, I'm enjoying yeah. all of it, but you know, like I'm not standing anyone this season. Yeah. Um, but and, and Karen is the least off-putting. 
But I will say that Candace has had phenomenal confessionals this mm-hmm. year. She is like on it and she's funny as hell. Like, I, so my point is like, nobody deserves any kind of these things happening to them. But on this television show, every single person has done fucked shit to each other. Like every single person. Mm -hmm. And I get it that you, like I think Ira Madison today had a really good tweet about how people relate to Wendy. People are really coming in defense of somebody like Wendy because she seems like the person who you might be if you were on a reality TV show. But you wouldn't hang out with her. This is my argument. Like my thing is, okay, so I've said it before on this podcast. I do not like Wendy. I probably never gave her a fair shot because (laughs) immediately she reminded me of every Nigerian woman that I knew growing up. Like she sucks. Okay. Like even today, like when I watched the episode and she was like, the last book Mia read was probably green eggs and ham. She was so proud of herself. And then she's like, and then she's like, and, and oh, and she does it in that slow, like breathy voice. Right. The last right. book Mia probably read was green eggs and ham, but I wrote a book. And it's like, bitch, shut the fuck up. But, you know, but you know, the Nigerian parent and the Indian, if, if it was an Indian parent, Indian parents would be like, you wrote only one book? Yes. One book you wrote? That's also definitely my daughter, what my mother yeah, is saying. My, my, my daughter's, in my uh, uh, daughter's village, some friend wrote four books. Four books. Not even no, no. people that you know, but people in the village, somebody in the village wrote four books. What about Oh, you? no, this you is, the, that is very, you're absolutely right. I'll tell you, so like, not to brag or anything, because I'm definitely a dropout, but <laughs> what, I I got into Princeton <laughs> early on my from birthday. Nigerian, Nigerian <laughs> no, 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 community no, no. dropout. <laughs> I am also a dropout from the Nigerian community. I will tell you that. But um, but no, um, I got in early to Princeton on my birthday. So like December 12th, it was a Sunday. I'll never forget it. I like had, my mom had let me stay out past curfew. Ooh. So I, I went to bed at 1 a.m. and, and I did didn't see the envelope on the table. So the next morning, which was my birthday, I saw the envelope, early decision, I get in. My father does not even say happy birthday to me. He does not even <laughs> congratulate me. He calls his friend who lives in Boston because his daughter got in early to be you the year before. And he calls, he calls her father and he goes, you know, Rafa just got into Princeton. Like... <laughs> That was his Sunday. No congratulations to me. Nothing. No. Uh-uh. It was it straight was to the phone to Daring's father. Like Rafa got into print. That was it. That was it. Yeah. So. And also, so like thinking about the kind of families like that Nigerian families are or South Asian families are, I think it's even more infuriating and embarrassing for, when, for Wendy to be like, you are a person who has written a book and you're a professor and all these things. And then you're on this show and you get water thrown on your face by that dumb bitch. Or like Peter. On. on behalf of Peter, too. <laughs> That's not Which forget. Is, she keeps saying it like you came to fight with me for Peter. <laughs> but you can't. But see, but see, look, that would be a justifiable argument if you wasn't pretending to be stupid to get into business with Peter. See, here's what I don't like about Wendy. You want to be Portia Williams so bad, mm. but 
because of you, you grew up a certain way or whatever, you can't let go of the thing that makes you feel superior to other people. Mm -hmm. So when you get on TV and you play bimbo, I mean, she opened the season with a party about her titties and then got offended when people mentioned it. Who do you want to be? You pretended you didn't understand what it took to open a business you don't know how to write a business plan four yeah. degrees you don't know how to you don't know yeah. how to google a business plan you are playing bimbo on tv you want to get a drink thrown on you maybe you don't want to get a drink thrown on you but you want to be on tv arguing with the botoxed up big tittied bitches because that's the thing you desire for yourself you, pick, yeah. you, you signed up for that kind yes of you signed you, up for it yeah the familial pressures don't you don't enjoy it that's a storyline that you've presented to us that your mom is oppressive and what she wants for you and all the things but whenever convenient when it provides you superiority in an argument you throw your degrees in somebody's face and i think that that's super corny are you a socialite or are you not which Mm -hmm. isn't to say that you can't be brilliant and a socialite but the way that she's trying to achieve socialite status is to bimbofy herself fine but then you don't get to come back and be like i wrote a book it's like (laughs) yeah and you also had a party for your titties and you are in business with the person that she threw or you were attempting to be in business Mm -hmm. with the person that she threw water at you over and she didn't even throw water at you over peter she threw water at you over her husband let's be for real yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's let's now we know how everybody feels about Wendy, but let's <laughs> view this the things that happen on the show as try to try to view it as much as uh like we can in a vacuum of what how these people are navigating the situation, right? Because we are, I think a lot of it, it's like we're all watching this happen and there's so much like discourse now, and we're all trying to figure out like there's a colorism aspect of it, but I think sometimes it's just as important like for me to just watch this and be like, these are women who work together, who are forced to take a trip together. There's a fight. And now they're dealing with the aftermath of that and fight because they're all like trapped. And they don't like each other. And they, they don't, don't like each other. Yeah. I loved, like, everybody was like, I can't believe Robin said that in the confessional. She's clearly a bully. And I was like, I no. love that Robin said that. She was like, yeah, yeah, I'm on Mia's side because I don't like Wendy. I'm like, yes, bitch, that's why we're here. Exactly. And I <laughs> no, think we that's said ex- that like last week, Nora, you said that. You specifically said Robin and Giselle don't like Wendy. They just don't like Wendy. They just don't like Wendy. They just and don't like now her. Now they just said it openly. Yeah. And that's they- it. They just don't like her just the way Karen just doesn't like Sharice. She just doesn't like her. And we accept that Karen is an asshole to Sharice because yes. she just doesn't like Is that not colorism like too? Sharice is brown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And also, I think it's important too that like when you bring up the coworker aspect, I think that's very important because mm-hmm. uh, Robin, Karen, uh, Giselle, Sharice, had pre-existing relationships mm-hmm. and they have season one bonds with Ashley. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Monique comes on second season. No one besides Ashley likes her. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe Sharice a little bit, but only to get messy now. Okay. Is it colorism that Sharice brings around fucking um, Sherman's ex-wife? <laughs> Is that color? You know, whatever. I don't want to get petty like that, but okay. So then no one likes, um, no one likes Monique. Okay, fine. Season three, Candace comes around. I remember, it's a thing that sticks in my memory constantly. 
between season three and season four, excuse me, Giselle does an interview on The Breakfast Club. Excuse me, that godforsaken show. That's why I'm burping. And, <laughs> and she says, I find Candace, you know how Giselle talks. Yeah. I find Candace very annoying. Annoying. <laughs> and, and so that also stuck with me. Here's right. your brand new coworker who is annoying yeah. and you don't have pre-existing relationship mm-hmm. with her the way right. that you did with Karen and Robin and Cherise. Mm-hmm. You are not going to handle that relationship with the same care that you handle other relationships. Mm-hmm. So when your man comes to my hotel room and, you know, may or may not make me uncomfortable, I think she's valid in feeling uncomfortable. I don't think she handled Candace very well. But the explanation oh, she for why she... Exactly how she wanted to handle it, which is bring it on TV. Okay. Yes. That was all prep. That's yeah. why Candace is upset. Sure. It's not about her being uncomfortable with Chris. It's about, hey, I wasn't prepared for this storyline. That's yes, but, but that speaks to what I'm about to get to, which is that if I find you annoying mm-hmm. and you're just my coworker, you're about 15 years my junior, and we aren't actually friends, why do I have to? protect you from the storyline. It would be nice if I protected you from the storyline, but my real life obligations are to Robin and Sharice. Why would I protect you? Maybe Karen, I might protect, Mm -hmm. but why do I have to protect Candace? And the obligation people seem to be deciding that these women owe each other is crazy because, and then I realized that a lot of the Potomac fans are people who probably only watch Atlanta or jumped in on season five. So they don't Mm -hmm. know that this treacherous shit has happened on every franchise. The minute we met Vicky Gumbelson, she was a terrorist to her friends. (laughs) Same with same with Ramona. Same with fucking New Jersey. My yes. whole brother and his wife came on the show to destroy my life. And you're yes. losing your minds over a glass of water thrown? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. 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 And I think like the thing the thing that frustrates me is that people forget that we have that beautiful car ride a couple of seasons ago where Ashley and Karen are fighting. Everybody's trapped in a car going somewhere. And Ashley mm-hmm. is blatantly being like yeah and you said Ray's dick doesn't work and like all this stuff and like you know you fuck other people and all this shit like they're just saying this stuff to each other in a car trapped together and we all laughed at it we laughed we we laughed at Ray's dick being broken we laughed at uh Giselle uh well I laughed let me not let me not incriminate the rest of you guys but I laughed at Ray's dick being broken I laughed at Karen you know uh, or them basically bringing onto TV that Karen is a drunk who calls them at night. Like there's <laughs> true. This, oh my god, yes, colorism. I, you know what I'm saying? And I don't mean that to be a c word, but it just feels to me that like it, it's like you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, if I worked in if I worked in corporate America, and you know, um, are there microaggressions? Probably, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But there are only certain behaviors that are actionable, mm-hmm. right? Because 
microaggressions are unfortunately part of the life. We, you educate people about it, but ultimately microaggressions are just part of corporate existence. And then there are things that HR is supposed to take care of. And there are things mm -hmm. that are actionable. Mm -hmm. That is racism or sexism or homophobia or whatever bigoted thing. And I just don't think that everything or anything, to be honest, on Potomac has been actionable in the in the workplace. I think that maybe where word. Bravo is stuck as well when it comes to this particular <clears throat> question. When when people bring it up with Bravo and they say Bravo should be doing something about it, they they never address it. Blah blah blah. They, they, it is hard. And as Brown, Nora and I said, we cannot comment on it because we know colorism in our communities mm -hmm. yeah. exist all the time and we know how to recognize it and how right. we feel about it but we don't know what shape and form it, it takes, takes in a black space in a black yeah. community so it's hard for us to judge that we know we can we can see racism so much more clearly right because it's so much more egregious than we can see colorism i think that with with the exception of you know, like very, very specific, particular to light-skinned Black people things, like, you know, being an AKA and, you know, how that sorority used to have a paper mm -hmm. bag test. So there's a weird dynamic there to begin with, with, um, excuse me, Giselle versus Wendy. Wendy's also mm -hmm. in that sorority now because the sorority has yeah. been updated, but right. the history of the story is the sorority is the paper bag test, or even just high society Black folk mixing only with other high society light-skinned black right. folks so that even though they're both full black women robin and giselle appear white you know mm -hmm. that's not because they're biracial the same way ashley is they are just fair skin so i would say not that you're interested in this this is the kind of ratchet shit i'm interested in but <laughs> um for me an obvious example of colorism would be uh not not this past season, but the seasons, the two seasons before of Basketball Wives, where mm. interestingly enough, they had an Igbo Nigerian girl. Her name was Oji, mm. and she joined the show. Dark skin mm. woman. I think there was some looksism happening there as well. Mm. Or what do they call it? It's called featureism when you find, you know. Sort of. Typically, black and African features just unattractive and mm -hmm. thus dismiss the person. So it's sort of in, you know, bed in with colorism. Yeah, with colorism. Mm -hmm. And they immediately treated that woman like dirt. Like she was garbage to them immediately. It was like, mm -hmm. ill, she's not as pretty. She doesn't dress this well. Like she's aggressive. They called her aggressive before she even did anything, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And every woman on basketball-wise, particularly the star, Evelyn Lozada, had been horrendously violent for 10 years, like a, a yes. decade of violence yes. on television. Mm -hmm. And OG tried to defend her friend that they were, you know, all ganging up on. And she wasn't trying to be physical about it. She was just like, y'all are not going to fuck with Cece. And mm -hmm. they were like, I'm scared. I'm scared of OG. I'm like, Evelyn, you threw a, <laughs> a bottle of wine at somebody's head. Like a legit, like she yeah. literally picked up a full bottle of wine and threw it. Thankfully, it missed. She slapped her best friend in the face. Like Evelyn, that was why when Chad Ochocinco uh, right. head butted her, like domestically violated her, 
people were saying, oh, you know, Evelyn deserved it. That's how violent her reputation was. And I don't agree that Evelyn deserved domestic violence, but that's how violent her reputation was. And all a thick, dark-skinned African girl had to do was say, leave my friend alone. And now we're scared. We don't want to be in the same room as OG. That was like clear to me. Like that Mm -hmm. was like immediately recognizable. And so it just seems that for me, I just think it's whack that Candace and Wendy are, are weaponizing and your audience can be mad with me. Don't be mad with Arthi and Noor. But I just think that Candace and Wendy are weaponizing a social justice issue in a way that is very manipulative and unfair. It feels to me the same way it felt when Kanye West was like, my white wife is keeping my black children. It's like, oh, you remember you black now. Okay, Kanye. <laughs> but it's just like, but, you, but you're cool with the shenanigans otherwise. But it's like when it's not, when you don't like it, and it's your turn. And even it felt to me that Candace didn't even think or consider the prospect of, of colorism until after she'd seen some YouTubers mention it in season six. When she was in conflict before then, it wasn't colorism, but suddenly it was. I didn't like that. And well, I, I think is she, is she talking about that now? Because she didn't say that necessarily on the show, right? No, she's, she's, oh, she's, no, she says it on Twitter all the time. Yeah. On, on Twitter all the time. I do. And then she calls them white women and she calls them Karen. And I oh, think yeah. that's fucked up too. I don't think that you get to kick black people out of blackness just because you don't like the way they behave. I think that's a really shitty fucked up thing to do. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of the audience does it to Robin in particular, where they call her a white woman. They call her Karen. And I really, really, really uh, don't like people who kick people out of blackness. I just said to Kanye, oh, you black now? But that's because he rejects us. <laughs> but like, but like Robin is somebody who I love when you say something, you make a declarative woman. statement, and then I can see on your face that you're reminding everything you said <laughs> in the last five minutes to see if you had contradicted. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh. I but, can see um, it in your face. Like you yeah, so pause I mean, for a second. I think, I think. I think there's like these these things, right? I think that sometimes like we you and I were talking about this about like the or maybe you tweeted about it around short. You say a lot of really smart things. But you we talk a lot about how black women on television on reality TV are just held to a different standard and how they are supposed yeah. to I tweeted that. Yeah, how they're supposed to represent themselves, right? So I think also there's this like expectation of viewers of Robin should be smarter than saying to Wendy you're aggressive because or antagonistic because she knows antagonistic is her correction isn't that hilarious right Right. you know she wanted to say aggressive and she corrected listen listen here's the thing my thing is it's not a microaggression if it's true if a black person stole from me and I said that person is a thief it's not a stereotype if that person stole from me in the same way that if a black person is aggressive to me then they are aggressive I don't you know right so I think the thing that's that that's interesting to me and we're talking to talk about the hypocrisy conversations between like which was hilarious because they were all being hypocrites while talking about everyone else's hypocrisy it was brilliant that's why this is so funny right (laughs) giselle versus ashley in that conversation was the funniest fucking thing i had seen anyway so so with with robin people are like you know she shouldn't have said antagonistic or aggressive to wendy because she should be as a black woman aware of how this is going to be viewed to call another black woman and aggressive now the the hypocrisy there is that you know robin is aggressive <laughs> robin 
Megan is an aggressive woman. <laughs> yeah, two episodes before that, she walked out of that burn session because she got mad at Wendy telling everybody that Wendy was that Robin was going to try to. She's like, I'm not a dog. I'm not a dog. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you can't say that. That's so dangerous to say that. Say that about you know a black person. Like she literally but says then, that to Wendy. But though Cherise had to hold her back. Cherise had to hold her back. I don't think she. I don't think Cherise had to hold her back. I think Cherise chose to Most hold, her, hold back her back. Yeah, because I true. don't think, and I think this is why Robin got so upset. Robin was never going to hit Wendy, which yeah. is why when Robin was being herself very antagonistic and yes. holding the camera up, yeah. she was saying to Wendy, sit down. If you're not going to hit when if you're not going to hit Mia, sit down because she was calling back to the fact that the assumption is if you stand up in an argument, you're about to be violent. So, mm. Wendy, if you're standing up in this argument, you're clearly a violent person. Sit down. That's what she was trying to do. Now, Robin uh, isn't, isn't the most intellectual. Right. So it didn't come out. It didn't come out appropriately, but that was what she was trying to articulate, which is going. It's another part of the hypocrisy conversation. Wendy, you said that if I stand up, I'm aggressive. So how come you standing up? And it's a dumb point because Mia had already aggressed by that point. But I, but I understand Robin's intention. And Robin is coming only from her personal experience of her not liking Wendy. That's it. And That's they all. Have, they have the their she's projecting shaming, like a motherfucker shaming each other you know so robin lives on the border of baltimore county and howard county. She's, like, <laughs> she's like five miles inside into the rich county the howard county and not in baltimore county so wendy keeps pointing out her and calling her baltimore county because you just barely managed and isn't that and county. isn't that classist right of wendy to and then do? wendy but wendy lives in the and Red she's Nick. nigerian and what? you know how nigerians feel about black americans don't right. you and I mean, we can do this all day. Do you get right. what I'm saying? And so yeah. Wendy doesn't live in the rich county either. She lives in a white supremacist county. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> so Robin is like, you're going back to Carroll County? No, you're not. <laughs> That's the KPK County. Do you want to go back there? Now, okay, going back to this thing of like how these women are reacting to a fight at work. Um, you know, Mia goes to the car, Karen checks on her a little bit, Wendy decides to leave, and Giselle only wants dessert. Um, <laughs> which I fucking love. She's like, Giselle, go eat. Okay. My favorite thing is Giselle in third person. Giselle talking in third person is amazing. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. it was, but I don't think it was Giselle who said it, but I think it was Karen who said that. She, this woman is insatiable. Just, yes. just say, I heard Karen just say that. Gonna eat her dessert now, like in the confessional or something like that. I just, that's the thing. Like they're still like, well, I'm still clocked in at work, and I get to have yes. this free meal, and I'm yes. going to have it. Yeah. Oh, I went to the sure reasonably so where you went to the reasonably shady show. Oh, I definitely yeah. want to talk about that. Giselle admitted that production pays for food. Oh yeah, I wanted. Did, I hope somebody asked Giselle. I wanted somebody to ask whether they also pay for um, accommodations because Mia is very quick to kick everybody, try to kick everybody out of the house. Mm -hmm. And but why I, hasn't Sharice found a home? But Wendy, <laughs> but Wendy was Wendy able did. to. Yeah, but Wendy did. So it's like okay, so production had a had a hotel room 
ready for people who do a walkout or get thrown out they had a room so well, well could- part of me wonders if production was like sharice we ain't paying for no hotel you're just a friend of yeah. and, when, when, and when wendy was like i'm gonna beat this bitch's ass if you put me back in that house production right. was like okay you're right we'll we'll pay right. for that hotel right right yeah. i think that that might have happened plus you know every time sharice said that i'm I'm calling. What did she say? I'm going to call my agent, right? I think it was the yeah. production. It was production, and there's like, yes. no, you book your own damn room. And then yeah. all through the rest of the episode, she was calling reservations. <laughs> she was calling them herself. She was like, no, I don't have. A she was on trip hop or whatever. What is this? She was on hotel tonight. Um, <laughs> um, looking for discount. Everybody gets a glass. Everybody or gets on a, PayPal. Right. Yeah. Everybody gets glam, but you have to steam your own clothes, Sharice. Yes, right. <laughs> By the way, Sharice was at the new we'll talk about it later. Oh, great. Yeah. She's in general to me, for as rich as Robin told me she is. I don't know. She's not looking apart. Yeah. No, she doesn't. She does not. She does not. Okay, no. so the rest of this episode really like we have these teams form, right? We have like Ashley, Wendy, Karen, Candace, and then we have the Green Eyed Bandits, Mia, and then Mia's little assistant, Jacqueline. Um, I weirdly really enjoyed seeing, I always love seeing Ashley and Candace together, even if it's just for a short while. Like, it's like Ashley always does that just for a little bit. And then it's like, don't worry, guys, by the next episode, I'm going to do something to piss Candace off again. And I'm going to do it while I'm smiling. But I, <laughs> I really enjoyed watching them all come together for Wendy. But it was like, I do understand why the editors put this kind of like sad edit on the meal because compare that to the dance party on the beach. Yes. It did seem like kind of a Wendy is no fun. Wendy (laughs) is no fun. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, whatever. We'll get to it. But if I'm in a studio with the Trina, okay? The diamond princess, the baddest bitch, I'm not sitting at a table calmly clapping like this. It's Trina. Trina, can you show me how to twerk? Trina, we in Miami. Show me some. They're boring. Anyway, I I know Wendy. I identified with Wendy in that because that's how I would react. Wendy shouldn't. (laughs) I would react. I would have been sucking Trina's clit. I'd have been like, Trina, you're amazing. Where? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Wendy, she kind of like it was really sweet to see her with Candace go to that like recording session or whatever. It was wonderful. I'm like so happy that Wendy is happy for Candace. But it was like I feel like if Candace's mom was there, she'd be doing more. If than Ashley Wendy. was there, you just talking about the Ashley Candace cam combo. Yeah. Imagine if Ashley was in the studio with Candace listening to a Trina verse on Candace's song. Yeah. yeah. That would have been way more fun to watch. Yes, even no, Mia's did, crazy ass. When did the the kind of hype that um, Candace's mom could do would do? It's like you know, no, my I, kid, she's so talented. I'm so happy. Yeah, she's like we're so proud of her, and she has made her dreams come. Shut the fuck up, Trina is in the studio. Dorothy was there. Dorothy would do more to be like to make a scene, you know. And yes. like, I yeah. think that's the thing is like Wendy. 
it's I hate saying it, but Wendy's just boring. Like she doesn't bring anything exciting or fun. She Nothing. doesn't have anything quirky to add. You know, if Giselle was there, she'd be doing all kinds. She Giselle yeah, all could, kinds of offbeat dancing, something, something like Giselle could be in the studio and say all of those same things about Candace. We're proud of her. We're amazed of all the things that she's doing. She could say all those sweet things about Candace and also say something really funny and actually be interesting and actually be entertaining. I feel like Wendy is just like not the most entertaining person on the show. And I think that com- the the relationship between Wendy and, and Robin kind of, I feel like it got real bad when I feel like it happened, the reunion when they brought up the colorism thing. I think that was a reunion where Monique brought her binder. They brought up the colorism thing. Robin and Giselle completely said it's not real. And Wendy and Candace were like visibly annoyed by Robin's answer, especially. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that also was sort of the start of it, because I think to Wendy and Candace, it is an important real thing. Mm -hmm. And Robin kind of dismissed it on a national stage where it's finally brought up. And ever since then, I feel like Robin, even the way she's reacting to Candace crying, right? Robin feels immediately if she does something shitty on camera or if people start to think something negative about her. And I feel like that conversation happening on camera, like the colorism conversation happening on camera or Candace crying, it to Robin she feels like why are you making it why are you making me feel like I did something wrong to you? Right. Yes. And, and she I was like, does she not know what bitches meant in that context? Like what are you mad about, Robin? Yeah. So I feel like Robin is just I very think she's quick defensive. to react. Yes. She yeah. gets defensive. She gets aggressive even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some might say. And like she just, you know, she she acts kind of childish and she kind of mm-hmm. becomes an asshole. And right. fuel that on top of her just not liking these people she does what robin does if you accused me of because i am a light-skinned black woman like i'm not as light as these women right you could tell both my parents came from the motherland you know (laughs) like with with robin and giselle you might get confused maybe even with karen sometimes you might but like with me like it's very clear that i'm black maybe not african but i'm certainly a black woman but i am light-skinned i so i know that uh, maybe not all the time my input is welcome on this conversation, but I will say that I, I can admit that if you accused me of colorism on national TV, because we were in conflict, I might not have the answer you want from me. Mm. Yeah. And, and then I would be careful with you moving forward. I would, yeah. cause I would yeah. be like, you not going to have the whole world calling me an ist. If you if you want to say that I have every we all have implicit biases. Yes. I'll take that. But you're not gonna call me an ist on TV mm-hmm. as a noun. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in my opinion, overreact to me asking you a question in the middle of an argument that you involved all of us in on. Because mm-hmm. you didn't just confront Giselle, you was bugging out and you went, you stopped one by one. Did you hear about these rumors? Did you hear about these rumors? Did you hear mm-hmm. about these rumors? She didn't just confront Giselle with what Ashley told her. She made it mm-hmm. everybody's business. So then when I inputted on the conversation because I was drunk and confused, cause 
Robin is the dizziest bitch at the table. I love her, but she yes, is. She is. So if I'm drunk and confused and I ask you a question and you bug the fuck out on me over some shit you mad at Giselle for, and and then you say that the relationship that you was just rooting harder for than anybody else in the world is fake. Yeah, I'm going to take it personal. We not fucking with each other no more. And you were already frustrating to argue with to begin with. So, But now we're actually in conflict. And I find you frustrating and I feel disrespected. And you try to imply that I'm colorist on national TV. Yes, correct. I'm going to be defensive every time you talk. And and, yeah. and the only reason I bring that up is See, to is say that... this is to hear your opinion because you're giving me a whole other opinion and view on how I'm perceiving all of that, right? I'm well, you know, I, you know, I'm a Robin stand, so... Well, I think, no, but I think that... <laughs> I think with a grain of salt. Well, that's the thing, right? I think that you're bringing up a great point, which is people are allowed to have a reaction to being labeled something. Yes. You're allowed to have a reaction to that because... And you're allowed to say, I don't like this person anymore because they called me a certain thing a or they thing. accused me of a certain thing. You can't thing. take yeah. it back. But, you can't take back... Listen, you can't take back calling somebody... And I'm not saying that ra- being called racist is worse than the racist action. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying being called colorist is worse than the colorist action. But if I don't think I have performed such an action then yes i'm gonna take it personal when you say on national tv in a character disparaging way that i've done this thing that i don't think i've done that's one and two it's important i think (sighs) this is frustrating so like i was reading twitter and i was making the case for why i don't think that these conflicts are easily reduced to colorism and someone was saying, well, the way that Giselle uh, didn't want to touch Wendy felt very disgusting to me. And I'm like, oh, so so you get to tell me Giselle lacks Brian. You get to drag my whole family. I don't know if it actually happened, but everybody told me that you up and down my daughter as you was leaving my backyard. And mm-hmm. you get to do all of these things in response to yes, an aggression and conflict that I started, of course, but I'm allowed to take personally the things you've done to me. And so you're telling me that I have to forget everything happened because Wendy's dark skin, that's absurd. And in the same way, like the, the moment for me was everybody freaked out. They were like, Oh my God, y'all are not beating these colorism accusations because of the game with the rooms that the girls played. And I was like, every housewife plays the housewives franchise plays these room games. But also are you, are you fucking dumb? This bitch, whether or not she's correct because she is correct, but this bitch has been calling my husband a predator on national television for three seasons. Okay. Mm -hmm. She called my husband a predator on national television for three seasons in an attempt at revenge. I said her husband be touching on people's booties and is hollering (laughs) at me. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then she brings up the name. She says the name, Bravo blanks it, but she says yeah. the name of the escort that my husband is seeing. She brings it up on camera. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I'm playing games with her room. That's beef. That's retaliation. And someone was saying, no, it's colorism. She, you know, it's a new season. She needs to get over it. Yeah, I'm going to get over you calling my husband a rapist on national television for four years. Get the fuck out of here. Are you niggas stupid? Like, this is crazy to me. Like, it's so bizarre. So we just forget that everything that Candace and Wendy have participated in in the conflict, not saying they start the aggression. I'm just saying that once you participate actively in it, I get to take your your escalations personally. You called my husband a predator, okay? So then I pretended that, can't, that Monique didn't assault you and that you are equally terrible. Yeah. Like these, we are tit for tatting. How come it's colorism on my end of the tit for tat and it's not on your end? Right. That's a ridiculous thing. So and here's, so here's some, it bothers me. Right, so yeah. what happens is when especially with Potomac, when people watch the show, they watch it in a snapshot. It yeah. is this season, fresh start. Yes. This is where you're coming. And that's when stupid you talk about because it, human beings about don't it, work like about, that. That's not how real life is. Yes. You, are, you have to look at the continuum and you have to look where everything exactly. is. The other way, the other thing that people get hot and bothered about is that if you are, if, the, the argument that you just made that you call my husband a predator for four seasons. Her husband is a predator, I cannot, but also. Yes, yes exactly. So that's the point I'm making that when you say that and say that's why Ashley's has a beef against Candace, people get hopped up on the fact that Michael is a predator and they think that the argument should be about whether Michael is or is not versus whether Candace said this. So Ashley is doing this. That's removed. It's the context. And I think that people watch this show and either apply too much context where mm -hmm. convenient or remove it. Where, mm -hmm. Listen, Giselle sided with Candace over Monique because in season three, Monique ruined her relationship. That's just the context. It's yeah. true. I can't make that part up. That is just what happened. In mm -hmm. addition to the fact that Monique was a maniac, I give her no grace. She's a liar. She's a nut job. I can't stand her. She's still lying to this day. Came out the other day saying, when a class was thrown at me, I'm like, bitch, you yanked her wig yes. down. Anything. Anyway, but just... <laughs> That is the context, but then yeah. it's sort of, for me, and I'm not, and I'm trying not to resent, not resent, you can't resent these characters on a TV show, but I'm trying not to hold it against Candace and Wendy that their stands do that, which is to remove the context of Wendy and Candace from whatever argument or conflict that we're in. When, when we watched the show, cause I, you know, I got so snowed by Twitter that when I watched the show, I was like, no, Wendy did insult her husband. Now, did Mia re overreact? Absolutely. But Wendy mm. did bring up her husband in a way that was untoward. And Mia had a stupid reaction to it, but she had a reaction to something. Now, Wendy was having a reaction to being confronted. I also thought and, Wendy's and, and reaction Wendy, was stupid. And, and Mia came prepared for the confrontation. That's what I was saying, that when Mia did set up the situation. Yes, she I was like, why Peter. does Mia care? Right, yes, yeah. she was, but also Mia was, as they would give 
on another franchise, give credit. If Mia were on Beverly Hills or if Mia were on Atlantic, they'd be like, Mia clocked in. She showed up to work. But because they don't like Mia, now why is Mia bringing up Peter when that ain't her husband? Why does she care? And then when Wendy responds in conflict by saying, I don't have, first of all, it was such a stupid argument. Are we not allowed to talk to men who aren't our husbands? Bitch, you was trying to go into business with him and your husband doesn't like it but anyway i understand what me wendy was trying to say which is that i don't have to check in with a man who's not my man but okay we're going to his restaurant now mia didn't tell her right yeah now mia didn't tell her but once she found out they was going to peter's restaurant she should have anticipated something peter was excuse me being fake so again fair that wendy didn't anticipate something but to act as if mia wendy didn't say anything antagonistic is a lie. And Robin said at the Reasonably Shady Show that that back and forth went on for like 30 minutes and that oh Wendy God. had said so much more shit, which is why Karen, if you see in this week's episode, she's like, the lies about Mia's husband were not fair. And also Mia shouldn't have thrown a glass. There was a lot of shit we didn't see, apparently. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so... Let's quickly touch on the hypocrisy, which honestly, to me, I was so glad they put this on this episode because it was was a reminder. First of all, it was so fucking funny, but it was a reminder that truly they all fucking do this. They all do this. Everybody has a double standard. Everybody makes an exception for, like you just said, Ray, people who they like more than other people. It's Mm -hmm. just how it is. This is just how the show functions. And I just like... I hope everybody watched it and just realized, oh, that's right. Everybody's an asshole. Everyone's an asshole. Everyone's Mm -hmm. been cruel to each other. Everybody's allowed to have reactions to each other. Those actions shouldn't be throwing things or hitting anybody, of course, obviously. But it's funny sometimes when they throw things. Sometimes. Sometimes. Depending depending on how bad the the result is. You know what I'm saying? Listen, that umbrella fight outside of the restaurant with team robin uh, robin hilarious because it's an umbrella it's an umbrella and also monique asked for it and then when she got it suddenly did it now that's the argument they be trying to make monique stands be trying to make oh candace asked for it well rob well monique asked for it with robin and robin yeah. showed up right in her face and she's like well i'm not gonna let you sue me and get what you want oh so now you're too rich for a fight <laughs> bitch shut the fuck up right exactly all right let's um let's talk about this reasonably shady show that you went to tell me all about it how much um, did you love them more more and more every day so <laughs> uh you know it's so funny before i went i was like um before I went, I was like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to love Robin and Giselle is going to be touch and go. And that's exactly what happened. Like oh. Giselle, Giselle is really, uh, really, really excellent on stage. A naturally funny woman. She's a brilliant MC. She knows how to keep a show moving forward or whatever. And I won't say that Giselle was like unpleasant. She's just very clearly, it's business. Mm-hmm. Like, right. take your picture. Let's keep it moving kind of thing. Whereas like Robin really wanted to sit and chat with your girl. You know what I mean? Like Robin wanted to set up a podcast episode to discuss colorism accusations. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, I was like, girl, I don't know that that conversation is going to go well for you. She was like, I don't need it to go well for me. (laughs) Um, 
they're they have they love each other. It's very clear to me. They have mm. uh, good chemistry. They really love each other. Uh, Robin is not a genius, but she's a lot smarter than I thought. You know, oh, okay. they, she comes off a little ditzy on the show. And um, and it seems to me that Robin is a very smart person. She's just not accessing her brain all the time. Does that make she, sense? Yeah. yeah, Robin, and I'm not I'm not co-signing with one here. That's not what I mean. But I think Robin doesn't live up to her potential because she's she's not as motivated. That's no, how I not. feel. Like she's not motivated as a person yeah she's not like exactly it's like what you just described of giselle being like this is a business we got to keep moving Mm. we got time we are time is money let's get to the next person boom 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 robin does seem like somebody who'd be like what we're having a great time like what is the problem like no truly like they opened the show like robin said you know i almost called out of work today and i was like (laughs) what (laughs) <laughs> this show that has been set up for months, you are out of town. This isn't even like a local date. This is in New York. You're at That's City right. Winery, which is a hard venue to book, even though they were only in the upstairs room. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't the main stage. But yeah. the fact that there were probably all kinds of things in place for them. Glam probably came up to New yeah. York. You know, they brought Charisse. The, you know, she was like, well, you know, I was tired because I had 50 people over my house for Thanksgiving. I was like, girl, that's why you wanted to clock out, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I will say that um, Robin is more revealing in general as a person, it seems like. So, you know, Robin alluded to her trouble. She was like, it's been a rough few weeks and not just because of social media. So it was like a, a brief allusion to stuff happening with with Juan at Coppin State mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whatever. But she did not elaborate. But she did say that his basketball team was at their house for Thanksgiving. So I don't think that Juan is in any sort of real trouble yet. Okay. Um, by the That's what I gleaned from that. Um and uh, I don't know. You could tell that this season is getting to Robin, and she was like very grateful to have support in the room. Like, yeah, um, Giselle don't care. You know, I think that maybe what that maybe why she wanted to um, call off from work too, because mm-hmm. I think she gets overwhelmed with all of this. What was happening over the weekend? I was surprised that they had a live show right when all of the shit was going down. and But when like, you watch the actual episodes, they shouldn't be scared to have a live show. No, That's what's so crazy. Media was like, social, social media is bugging out. Right. I, if you I, went by that, I would be nervous about doing that too. I would want but to But no one is going to spend $70 on a ticket. But no one's going to spend $70 on a ticket to heckle these women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like oh, yeah. Robin shouldn't have been scared is what right. I would say. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. How and beautiful it- is she though? And she grew Oh, she's so pretty. She's yeah. so, so Giselle is beautiful. I yeah. knew what I was going to get, right? Like, oh, right. Vanessa Williams, fine. Right. But I was really taken aback by how pretty Robin is. Robin and is they're both very her. tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Arthi was, she knew Robin before Robin was on the show. Yeah. So. And she was like this. She would show up to like kids' birthday parties and by the pool or in the community pool or whatever. That's how I know her. And she would show up and she would be statuesque and mm-hmm. she would enter the room. She wouldn't do much. Like she would enter, come in late. Her kids and her would show up late. 
But they would come in and the minute they walked in, the minute she walked in, you know, her presence would be known. Like people would notice her because she was, even then, she wasn't the typical housewife. Right. And she's very, she's she's also um, refreshingly like down to earth. I think it's low Mm self-esteem. God forgive me. That's not nice. But I do think that she's very like, I also, so Listening to her talk about her marriage, marriage, lol, um, her her relationship, relationship. Yeah. yeah, I think that they are not in love. I do think that their relationship is real, but I do think that they have settled for one another. Mm. I think that she is, finds Juan comfortable. I think Juan finds her just as comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether or not he's cheating is another thing but i do think that i do get the sense that they are in a loving enough relationship i would love for robin to get the self-esteem to go out and try and date other people and you know see what's out there for her mm-hmm. i just don't think she has the energy like you said she's a very yeah, unmotivated she's low person. energy is what it is yeah and i wouldn't i think that like when you see your friend giselle who is gorgeous going through all the shit that she's going through, right? Yeah. Probably with relationships. Yeah. I don't think that's it's not really like that exciting to right. to want to be out there. I mean, she's what is she gonna do? Date the next guy from like Winter House or Summer House? Exactly. Like Ashley is like, what is yeah. she gonna do? You know, like so- can you imagine going from a multi millionaire to Luke? And like Luke may be a perfectly <laughs> decent person, but he can't pay for he Ashley's does. life. You know what I'm awesome. saying? He looks good and he smells great. So I know. Does he have a black girl fetish? What's going on? Yeah. It's possible, but he is really hot. So yeah. I will give that to Ashley. She's making it's TikToks. The, the crap and show that you you missed is where we met him. And yeah, he asked to me to him. smell and, him. Yeah, and he just like uh, what? He pointed at his <laughs> chest and said, "Smell me." So I did, and then uh, we did. We just and then Noor said. Me too. <laughs> we motorboated him. We yeah. motorboated Luke. See, now, so now you guys look like Robin on the beach on Sunday. No, we didn't ask him. Yes. He invited us to smell him because he's, he is selling a new perfume. Yeah, yeah, he made a fragrance and he was sure. like, I have it on. Here, sniff me. And I motorboated him. It was amazing. Yes. And I was like Robin, who is like touching that 21 year old and like <laughs> grabbing his muscles. Cause I mean, hi, hello. Like, I would Okay. Do. How many people in her life do we think Robin has been with? I would guess less than five, five or less. Yeah, for sure. Five She's or less. been with one off and on since she was 17, she said. Yeah, she was feeling of the kid, and she was like, I, "It's been a while since I touched muscles." Yes, <laughs> a seen muscle. <laughs> like what? Because um, Juan looks soft under the on the under the sweatshirts. He looks, you know, I mean, for a regular man, he looks great. But like, if you're talking about former yeah. former NBA player, your boy pudged up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're never gonna get 21 year old youth. You know, in your forties, it's know just what's never so gonna annoying. happen. I'm never gonna be as hot as I was at 26, and the youth is wasted on the young. I was thinking the other day because you know what I mean, like rich men don't spend money on women pushing 40. They do if you're like huge finessers, like if you're you know if you're like Evelyn Lozada on Basketball Wives, or if you're Kim Kardashian, you could get a man. To yeah. spend money on you as you're pushing 40s or in your 40s. But I'm here in New York 
I'm already a black woman, so I'm at a disadvantage with the rich man to begin with. <laughs> and then I'm going to be 35 in a couple of weeks. And like, I'm sitting here being like, oh my God, when I was 26, fucking broke comedians for free, I should have been like out here smashing the German businessmen who were hollering at me that were stressing <laughs> me out. <laughs> I should have been on my Ashley Darby so that I could be divorced by 35 and smash her Luke. That's what I should have been doing. So Ashley did it right. She yeah, did now it right. I you know married for money doing. the first you, time and you married for love the second time. Yeah. You yeah. asked five minutes ago, you asked, what is Ashley? Yeah, contradict. Yeah. I had to rewind that one. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you work through your feelings. It's great. That was amazing. Well, I just wanted to point out a couple of things because I realized that we had a general conversation about the show and we didn't get to all the specifics of the episode. But I yeah. really did, I really, really did enjoy the conversation between Giselle and Ashley about the hypocrisy because it was funny. Yeah. Because it was so blatant. Because I remember there was, even at the beginning, before Giselle pointed anything out, me, um, Ashley said, I just don't like the violence. And I was like, didn't you do a statement for Monique? That truly did run through my head. So then when Giselle, thinking that she has a point to stand on, because she's completely excusing violence herself, going, "But, but didn't you jump in for Monique? I'm glad that you wasn't, I'm glad you was in the bathroom for what happened in the barn, you know? (laughs) And then the flashbacks, we got the flashbacks and it's just Candace's hair being gripped very aggressively by Monique. Essentially, Ashley was saying like Candace is triggered by the violence. Ashley was triggered by the violence in the other opposite sense. She was thinking about the butter knife and she was like, this is what happened at the butter knife fight. Exactly. That's another example of, okay, but you've done something too. You threw a whole butter knife on me. Your man had to sit on your lap. So you wasn't in my, you know what I mean? Why? So do we get up or not in this group? You know what I'm saying? That's one of the best episodes of all time. The butter knife episode is so good. Ashley leaves and comes back. She comes back. Giselle literally invite Giselle and Katie go outside and they tell Ashley to go back in. And Ashley goes, I don't think she wants me to come back. And Katie goes, No, it's not that big deal. She's totally fine with it. Just come back. That episode, that episode is the equivalent of the Scary Island episode of New York. Because there's so many different nuances in that, in that episode. Like Giselle and, happening. Giselle and Robin, first of all, show up early. To, to eat. Chris and cooks for them. In, for, yeah. For, yeah, Chris cooks for them. Giselle comes in demanding food. For- <laughs> <laughs> they both get there. Robin doesn't ever get anywhere early, but she shows up early for that one. Mm-hmm. And they eat. <laughs> and then once that's done, Giselle is like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Everybody, let's <laughs> And that's the episode where we talk about whether or not Michael Darby wants to suck one dick. Juan's dick. And then also Ashley Ashley is talking about Dorothy paying for stuff. So she's like, is this your house or your mom? Are you kicking me out of your house or your mama's house? So many things. So many things. It's amazing. Which is why it's so disappointing we've devolved to a place where – we can't just have fun anymore. And I know that sort of in this woke age, woke, and I mean that in the least kind of cynical sense of the term, but in this like enlightened space that we presume, uh, you know, liberal or left-leaning people 
are that like we can't have the same fun that we have and that's probably a good thing overall but like I'm telling you, Real Housewives of Atlanta wouldn't have made it past season two. Um, New Jersey wouldn't have made it past season one. Yeah, They would have been like, Danielle's getting bullied and we need to cancel a show, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, like, I hate to be like, white people get away with this. Why can't black people get away with that? I hate that as an argument in general. But I do find it absurd that, um, you know, Giselle and Robin and Mia are the devil instead of these are terrible women who get to be terrible on TV. That's why we showed up in the way that Ramona gets leeway or Tamara or Vicky or other people mm-hmm. get yeah. leeway. Yeah. On, a, on a positive note, what did you think of um, Mia, um, you know, through her translator? <laughs> I was like, does she, care? I was like, does she need an interpreter because she's not of this planet? Like, what is this woman doing? Well, Mia is not of this planet. She's in space. <laughs> like, she's not here. And I kind of find it very entertaining. Like, no, I, I find it astonishingly entertaining. I also love the way that Karen is handling her. Right. Yes, I find. I okay, it. I know people yeah. are really annoyed by Mia all the time, but I think it's there's nothing more delightful than watching this lady prance around and pretend like she's got money when we know for a fact that she's lost all her money by the time the she's show lost. is on TV. So right. she's lost all her money. This is my thing. I think so. Even with her marriage to Gordon, like she likes to, when the camera's there, be like a really aggressive, active mom. She runs the relationship. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. that she's retired, right. I don't think she has any say so in her household. Mm-hmm. I don't think she has any say so in that business. And this is where she feels a power trip. It was very Marlo to me, the way right. that she, exactly. oh, I'm hosting the trip, therefore. And it's like, bitch, we yeah. know production covered this. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. I know. I know. Exactly. And then and then then Robin pointing out that on the beach that she did not see the any lumps on her butt. Yes. Her I was butt. like I was like wait, Robin, is that how biopsies work? I truly cuz I was <laughs> I was like do you see cancer? I don't know cuz I like if, if I'm not saying Mia has cellulite, but I wouldn't have expected to see a cancer no, lump. Well, Mia said in, she could show it between. to her. Mia said that she was true. That's true. That is true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I love the fact that Mia blatantly lies on TV. I just it's love funny. It. It's so funny. And I uh, think Mia gives me a lot of like Alexis Bellino first season vibes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And with, I think that that's also with why. A little bit of uh, Vicky delusion and ego. Yes. I mean, yeah. Alexis yeah. was delusional, but not this delusional. But yeah, like yeah. the need to brag and overcompensate and act like you have a career going right, on. Right, right. I mean, Alexis yeah. didn't have the self esteem to try and right. control other people. Yeah. But if she were delusional enough to think that because she is hosting a trip, she can flex on people, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know. I see a lot of I see a lot of Alexis and Mia for sure. Yeah, and that's why it's that's why it frustrates me as somebody who adores Candace, somebody who wants to root for her to see some. Well, I think she's better this season, but last season that's why it frustrated me to be like Candace. Why are you getting so annoyed so by this mad. idiot? It she's was so, so stupid. stupid. She's so stupid. And it's the same thing. It's like, Wendy, why are you getting so upset about Mia? Like, nobody takes Mia seriously. I don't understand. So, so I think it's all about whether they are hired as full-time housewives or part-time. Because 
I would argue that Cherise and Mia are on the same level of thirst, thirst, and I oh, yeah. right? And so I like they they are equally not. But Cherise has some be, has a little bit of self esteem about herself, so right. she's not gonna aggress aggressively be thirsty. No, you know? I think she hasn't had the chance to. She hasn't had. Yeah, Karen has shut it down. To, yeah. But I think that they everybody laughs off Cherise. Like when she texts a message and says, "I here's the assistant to Mia, Mia overreacted. And, you know, no Ashley's like, shut up, Cherise. You know, yeah. people just dismiss Cherise. And that's part of my love for Cherise is to watch it. her in the background being dismissed, it. right? But it's, like, also, but it's also so funny because Robin wants us to take Cherise seriously, seriously so bad. Right? <laughs> Like I need you to take her seriously, so there would be a counterpoint to Karen. But it's like Karen does the same thing, but she does it with such. Re- Both of them are delusional, Karen and um, Therese. But, but somehow I believe Karen's delusion. Yeah. More Karen has charisma. Than that's the difference. Yes. yes, that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. It's a charisma. Like you actually, that's a thing that's like missing for Wendy for me, right? Like mm-hmm. Wendy is not right. a charismatic person. There's no. nothing interesting about her. Do you have any other thoughts, Ray, about the episode? You had a couple of other thoughts, maybe. Oh yes, of um, of course. So I loved, <laughs> I loved Candace's reactions to everything, like. So Mia comes over. She thinks she a boss. She comes to the door. She's like, um, by the way, find a place to stay afterward. Like, you know, yeah. find a place, <laughs> You're find a place to Mia stay up. afterward. And Ashley is instantly activated. She's like, she's like, that is so petty. You are so petty. You are petty as hell right now. <laughs> and Candace is just with her shades on like... Close the door. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, Candace right. and Mia tag teaming. Candace and I love Candace and Ashley tag teaming on Mia, unknowingly making fun of her feet at the same. Oh time. yes, that was amazing. Which yeah. is like her size thirteen shoe, and but also it caught me by surprise because I was like, whoa. But when um when um when they, when Mia texts back like, uh, you know, this is Mia's. Assistant, that wasn't Mia's fucking assistant. Okay, it was Mia. She's a loser. But when she when she no, said, that was oh, Cherise. No, no, that was Cherise. Oh, that was Cherise pretending to be Mia's assistant because Cherise is a dork. But they can see. Oh, she was trying to but do the thing that Mia text. did last season. It was a callback to a show you wasn't part of. You weirdo. Exactly, <laughs> a dork. That you was dweeb. that is exactly what it was. Oh God! Okay, I didn't. I that missed was a the deep breach. That was a very deep breach by Sharice that everybody ignored. Yes, <laughs> but when she goes, when she goes, um, when she sees that ma- message, and then Ashley takes a sip of her Corona, she's like ratchet ass hoe. I was like, wait. <laughs> They conf- Candace's confessionals are killing me. I can't remember what she said, but there was just something in the episode that she said. She was so like, funny. I don't need a party. This episode, she's like, I had my cake and my card and Ray Ray sent me flowers. I'm good. God is That's good. Karen. I don't that, need was a- Karen. that was Karen. That was Karen. No, no, no. You should Candace. Candace has something in a confessional that it was just like, you know, just about arriving at the house and like, you know, I don't know. She's just been really, really great in all right. the confessionals. This, she's always been a confessional genius, but 
I don't know, this season, it just feels so stark in comparison to all the other women. Because, you know, Karen, usually a confessional star, is not really showing up for me this season. And I mean, Giselle is Giselle, so I'm not going to be particularly impressed. She's just being herself. Robin, I think, is showing up a little more this season. Actually, can I say that I've enjoyed Robin this season more than I have in a very long time? Yeah. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> Robin. I, love I just, I mean, I enjoy her in the sense that, like, I'm I'm off put by everyone's behavior this season. Yeah. But I'm enjoying Robin in the sense that I'm glad she's showing up. I think, yeah, I think she has a little bit more energy this time. And she is in the middle of almost every drama that has happened. Yes. She's Come a, on, usually in how- every episode, every season what Robin does is she'll insert herself somewhere in the middle of the season. Led, in, a, in a conference already again, led by Giselle. And then she'll yes. show up show up to the reunion and say one or two things that makes it make a difference right right she doesn't really try hard this season she has been there since day one right she is in all of the drama she's real she's the one not inviting wendy's kids she's the one you know talking about stuff spreading the rumor checking in she brings she brings she actually goes to lunch with her the size of this cup to the table in the preview for next week robin what are you doing this is ridiculous i love you so much like did you pack that did you amazon prime it where did you get the speaker speaker from why can't you just play it on your phone Oh, like this is like this is you know if it if it weren't if it weren't that she were on the wrong side of the issues this right. would be hysterical right. like right. and right. even actually at the reasonably shady show she said uh something to the effect of oh i didn't know this social media was going to be this upset she was like she didn't even think that social media was going to be on her side she just thought that they weren't going to be this upset she was just like okay, we got into the conflicts that we normally get into on this show and then we ended the season and I thought we moved on. Like to me, it was clear to me that while Giselle still has conflict with Candace, like Mm -hmm. still resents Candace, Robin loves her in my opinion. Yeah, I got Robin, this Robin really he showed likes up her. to sit with Candace and Chris and discuss the right. know, the rumor. But even it was just kind of like, um, you know, the audience questions were like, you know, just asking about, you know, who they thought were the most authentic. And Giselle said something to the effect of like, uh, me, she was like, me, Robin, and <laughs> Ashley have been the most authentic since season one. And then Robin pauses. She goes, no, Candace has been really authentic. She's been great since season, <laughs> since her first season. And she smiles very sweetly at Giselle. And Giselle's like, all right, all right. Candace has been authentic. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's a thing. Another thing, like I'm sure you saw this at BravoCon, but all the panels that I like got to catch up on for Potomac that I like saw online or whatever for from BravoCon – that's very, it's very evident that like, despite all of them fighting, all of these women are very dedicated to making this television show. Like they're, te- yeah. they're dedicated to their job. I agree. Mm-hmm. They really I agree. are. I they want they this company to are. succeed. They're all, they have bought the shares. Well, they're yeah. all broke. They're vested, That's not nice. Vested, but they are amongst the <laughs> most people the, on those shows. Right, and they, they need have, this to succeed so they can finish the right. teardown that Giselle is building up now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. They have bills to pay and they're like, okay, we got to work together. And so that is the redeeming quality of Potomac is that they do need this job. 
and mm-hmm. they all know that they need this job. They're not like New York and everybody else. They have other side. They have their actual main gig. That's this was right. a side gig. Yes. But for Potomac, this is the main gig. This is the really. job for everyone the except job. for Wendy and Candace. Yeah. 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 Wendy and yeah. Candace. Right. But even even that clip that they're gonna or that that thing that uh, Robin's gonna play from a giant Bluetooth speaker. Um, <laughs> That clip clip is of a a live where Candace is literally talking about how everybody is out to get each other on this television show. And like, essentially everyone's trying to use this platform to hawk their wares and like, Mm -hmm. just try to sell a thing. I mean, like Candace isn't hawking her wares. Including herself. She including herself. Right. So it's like, I think it's from a live or something she did between, between uh, Giselle accusing Chris of being a predator or maybe Ashley accusing Chris of being a predator and the Miami trip. She did like an Instagram live where she says everybody's out to get each other. And that's, I mean, but that's true. It's not an incorrect assessment. It's not an incorrect <laughs> assessment. Exactly. Right. Well, Ray, this yes. brings us to the end of this episode. Yes. I hope, it's been I hope. a solid hour and a half. I hope it's been fun for you guys. <laughs> it has been fun for us. Um, listen, guys, uh, just be cool, okay? Just be cool when you're watching these shows. Just be cool when you're listening to these podcasts. People have opinions that sometimes you might not agree with. It's not the end of the world, okay? You just try to understand another person's perspective. Also, I just want to reiterate for you know, clarity, because I know somebody's going to get in your, 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 your Instagram DMs or, <laughs> or they're going to get on your, uh, your, your five-star reviews and give you a one star and be like, that sellout coon said colorism doesn't exist. So I just want to be clear. Colorism <laughs> exists. And I think it permeates every space Black people are in the same way that racism permeates every space in America. That is true. I think that perhaps there are moments where colorism permeates this show, but I do not think, this is the distinction I'm making, I don't think that Wendy and Candace are the victims of actively colorist action. I think that they are people in conflict with women who happen to be lighter than they. Um, And I think that their complexions and those other women's complexions might influence or shape the connections that they form with one another. Mm -hmm. And Candace might bond more because they feel things like as dark-skinned women that the other women might not relate to and vice versa. But I don't think that there is a colorist malice in the conflict that these women have with one another. I think that there is malice in general, like is present in all of these shows. (laughs) Yeah, because they're they're all being oh my god, they're all being terrible to each other all the time, (laughs) constantly. Right? Yeah. Right. All right. Well, Ray, can you tell everybody where they can find you and talk about any projects you have going on right now? Oh, for sure. Okay, so uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at Ray Sani. Although I basically deactivate every night because I smoke indica to fall asleep, and indica makes me hate myself. So I'm like, I can't believe that there is ten years of evidence being a dweeb online. (laughs) So so like, as soon as I get high, I deactivate, and then I reactivate in the morning when I want to read gossip. 
But yes, yeah, so if that's what happens where you hear this, you go to find me and it says, this account does not exist. It's because I'm stoned and it'll be back in eight hours, I promise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. During the work week. During the work During week. work week and during work hours. That's where you can find you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, I'm on Instagram at Raysani87. I've been actively trying to post more pictures of myself, you know, now that I can afford a good weave. So... <laughs> You know, I'm trying, you know, I got, uh, I got Invisalign, so my teeth are better. I'm, I'm more willing to smile in photos now. Um, and, uh, you can, so, uh, you can please stream everything's trash on Freeform. Uh, please stream a black lady sketch show. I love residuals and, um, I'm working on the upcoming animated reboot of everybody hates Chris. So when that eventually comes out, please fucking watch it. Cause I love money. And, um, and, uh, and also because it'll be funny. It'll be funny. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's yes. important. Too. It'll yes. be a quality yes. show. But also, you know, please. Is there a, is there a, a little... A live show. Yeah, yeah. A little Will Smith also <laughs> the show. Well, so... <laughs> I'll talk to you about that offline. Um, <laughs> but um, but we have a live... I have a live show coming. Um, still haven't titled it yet, but tickets will go on sale maybe next week or the week after on uh, for January 17th at Littlefield in Brooklyn. This is our first of what hopefully will be monthly shows. And it's going to be like some hybrid format of a talk show and a stand-up show. And I'm going to be doing it with my friend and we're going to be interviewing some brilliant stand-up comics. So if you like a $15 comedy show, come through um, and it'll be great. You know, I've missed live comedy a lot. I haven't really done it as much as I should have since the pandemic. So this is going to be me thrusting myself full force in after uh, the the winter break. So come yeah, hang I'll, out. I'll be there on January 17th. So, yeah. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, oh, my sure. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where you can find me. And I thought it was December be- 17th. That's why I was panicking. I was texting. Oh, no, 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 no. December 17th. No, 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 no. I have no desire to do anything before Christmas that would require a lot of effort because, you know, there are things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to go to Brazil for New Year's kind of thing. Oh, um, okay. All right. So, yes, please. Um, and also just in general, wherever you are in your community, support live stand-up. It's a beautiful thing. And it's important that we don't lose the art form to TikTokers and really obnoxious uh, influencers. You know, do you guys watch the challenge at all? Because I just mm-hmm. saw that Pauly Calafiore is doing stand-up now. And no, we cannot does stand this. up. Uh, exactly. We cannot abide this. That, Wait, who does stand up? Joe Gorga. Joe, Joe Gorga. Gorga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We cannot abide this. Let's correct this now. Yeah. So yeah, please support live shows in your communities if you can't make it to Brooklyn mm-hmm. on that night. All right. And also thank you ladies for having me because this is really fun and I've missed this with you guys. So this was really great. You. And I know this could go on for three hours. So I'm glad that we've done that before. We've done that before. We've done that before. Um thank you everybody for listening. I'll be back um later this week to talk about the crown with my brother. So uh we'll talk. Oh shit, you I didn't watch that episode you told me to watch. Damn. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
yeah, no, I mean, it I'm is apparently the best but... episode. So I I gotta watch it too. I'm saving yeah. all the crown really, crown really recaps for after I watch the crown. Yeah. I'm not. She doesn't watch yet. the crown. I don't watch it at all. I've never Ooh, seen it. I've watched all the seasons. I I have. But my dragon baby daddy is apparently really good on this show. Oh my so. god, Matt Smith is so good on the crown. God, that's that man could that man can make anything look good. All right, guys. So we'll be back later this week. And thank you for listening. Okay, bye. Bye.